Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castelbert. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am... I'm a doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Where do you want to start? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Big Run Inside a New Who Doctor Who Watch Along podcast. I'm on my own this week. It's just me. And I've been watching Born Again, the 2005 Doctor Who Children Need Special. And uh, <laughs> you're right there, Harry. I, I've been here the whole time. Um, I don't know why Tim opened with that. There was there was well, the really strong need. Sorry, not need. That's the wrong word. But the the feeling to go. How far into this can I go <laughs> before having to address that Harry's actually here? I was like, oh, maybe I can go the whole way, and at the end, go. And what do you think, Harry? I mean, honestly, if you hadn't broken, if you hadn't broken, I would have just let you go. <laughs> yeah, so we've been watching Born Again, which is the 2005... Is it 2005? Um, I think so, because was the Christmas Invasion Christmas of 2005? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. So it would have been 2005. So, yeah, two, yeah, 2005 uh, Children in Need special, was it? Children in Need Comic Relief. I want to say... I want to say Comic Relief. Was it? Shall I have a quick look? Because some some of these Doctor Who specials are comic relief. Like I know the um one, the Matt Smith one, is comic relief. This is Children in Need, yeah. This is Children in Need, right? Yeah. So the reason we're doing this is because it sort of breaches the gap between series one and two. Series two, we are going to do. We're going to do the Christmas Invasion as our Christmas special. Then in the new year, you'll start hearing us talk about all about series two. But to start with, this is our first. Um, step into David Tennant, Doctor. How did you find that? It's... I mean, this whole... Born Again, is, just as a whole package, is a very weird piece of Doctor Who media, I find. One of my um, notes here just says, it's very weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and I think part of it is kind of like its place within just kind of the series of Doctor Who in that... Um, I feel like for the general British public, kind of at the time, it was kind of expected that people would have seen this before going into the Christmas invasion. But then nowadays, I imagine most people watching through the series just skip this because you don't really need it to understand what's going on in the Christmas invasion. I don't think I'd seen Um, it until maybe two or three years ago. Yeah. No, I think the same. I didn't watch it. I mean, then... I don't think when it came out, I was watching Doctor Who, but um, mm. it, it was a, you know, it wasn't like re-aired like episodes were. Like this. I wonder if was I was. Go- I wonder if I watched that episode of Children in Need though. I wonder if I watched it go out and not know what it was, because 2005 is when we started primary sc- primary school, if I remember rightly, maybe the mm. year before, around that time. And I know we, I was watching Children in Need while at primary school, because at primary school you do lots of Children in Need comic relief events. So the idea of doing yeah, the absolutely. events at school then not watching the, the you know, the telephone, the uh, tele program would have been strange. So I imagine I must have maybe seen this go out and not know what it was. 
maybe like when i watched it for the first time which was a, like you a few years ago i had no recollection of it i had no memory of it no um so it starts open it starts sorry it starts with a recap of the final of series two i don't think that was quite strange i thought it was quite weird seeing christopher eccleston again because even though to people listening to this those episodes will have only just gone out to us, it's it's been like a good month, two months since we've watched a lot of those Christopher Eccleston ones. So to suddenly see him again in that very short capacity, and then straight into David Tennant, it was quite jarring to sort of even I I it was sort of like I was seeing it for the first time and trying to understand that these were the same character. Yeah, yeah, I feel like especially because Eccleston was kind of for the most part until recently he'd kind of cut himself off from the show, whereas David Tennant has remained quite prevalent. There is kind of, unlike perhaps other Doctor-like regenerations, like, say, Tennant and Smith, with Eccleston and Tennant, there does feel like a real disconnect between those Doctors. So to Mm. have them side by side like that, for me, did feel very weird. And I think it was made equally weird by the fact that to me, at least, it felt like Tennant was still kind of figuring out what he wants to do with the Doctor in yeah. this little special. Yeah, yeah I've brought down, he comes across very much as a nutter. Mm. There's no... And obviously, as the shot progresses, that sort of becomes more, you know, in your face. But at the start, and I'm like, oh, this is like, it's almost like the Doctor. It's almost there. It's like I'm watching someone describe what the Doctor is. It's like, oh, David Tennant's Doctor is like this, and then they do a really bad impression of it. That's almost like what it is. Yeah, there there were certain bits which kind of felt like it was pretty much there. Like, there was a bit where kind of like, he was inspecting himself, and he felt something in his wrist, and he did that kind of, oh, what's this? I'm going to bed. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Tennant's Doctor. But then... I mean, maybe part of it is because this is kind of a regeneration story and I'm going to say like kind of one thing I'm not a fan of in Doctor Who is the way that every Doctor post-regeneration has to go through like this weird adjustment phase where they're like sometimes like out of character, where sometimes they're just like out of action. There was the one bit where Ten was like, really on the TARDIS console and being like, oh, we want to we wanna break the time speed limit. And like clearly like distressing Rose. And like that was such like an out of character moment, I think. I can't think of another moment where the Temp Doctor's anywhere near that kind of energy yeah. and personality. I think the only Doctor in Modern Who who maybe hasn't done that is Matt Smith in his first episode. He doesn't really have that sort of... Who, what's going on? He has a scene with young Amelia Pond where he's eating fish fingers and custard and doesn't like apples and stuff like that. But that's not so much a who am I? It's almost like, oh, do I still like this? It's more just like a yeah. side effect rather than it's gone wrong again, which seems to be the case when Smith regenerates into Capaldi. There's that yeah. regeneration has gone wrong and maybe a little bit with Whittaker as well where she's a bit crazy at the start of that and then mellows towards the end of the episode but yeah Chris and yeah. David there's definitely a juxtaposition between those two actors that when you see them together it takes some stretch of the imagination to remember that they're the same character and the only other time I think that's noticeable is with Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi as well 
Mm. Although that being said, there were moments where it kind of felt as if writing, like Russell's writing, was kind of written still kind of for an Eccleston doctor yeah. in mind. Yeah. Like kind of the exchange between Rose and the doctor about like um, Jackie and how he like starts, how uh, the 10th doctor starts listing off different foods and then thinking of Christmas dinner and calling Jackie not roast. That felt like a very ninth doctor exchange. Yeah. That'll be interesting when we go into the series to maybe pick up on those little things to see where, the ninth doctor's yeah. still sort of lingering in the writing and where the tenth doctor is just starting to emerge. Because obviously by series three, it is all tenth doctor. There is little ninth doctor there. But yeah, in series two anyway, there's gonna be instances of going, Oh, that's very ninth. Yeah. I mean I think it'll be kind of I don't know if by the time they were writing for series two, whether or not they knew that they wouldn't have Eccleston. Like maybe some of those stories were written originally for Eccleston because I know that was the case with um, series nine. No, was it series? No, series eight. That's a lot of those episodes, which was Capaldi's first series. Those episodes were written for Matt Smith, but oh, okay. then yeah. So maybe it was a similar situation with series two. Yeah, maybe. Um, Rose is in this. There's only the two characters, the Doctor and Rose. She seems pretty calm yeah. about the full thing. You think so? Well, she's very nervous and taken back by it, but she's not freaking out. I don't know. She seems pretty freaked out when, like, she's asking, like, you know. Okay, by freaking out, I mean she's she's not screaming and crying, and you know, she's just seeing the person she fancies burst into a ball of flames and come out looking slightly better. But she hasn't. She isn't. You know. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I saw that happen, I'd be like, "What the hell is going on?" Uh, I feel like that's kind of like the strongest aspect of this little short is kind of Rose's reaction because it feels very authentic and very true to the character of Rose. Like mm. nothing in how she reacted to regeneration to me seemed like, hmm, I don't feel quite right. Yeah. Whereas with the Doctor, both because we have his before and after as a reference, that doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. I like the scene where she pushes him, where she asks if he's Slovene, and she places her hand on his chest and just gently pushes him back, and he keeps perfect eye contact with her as he just slowly rocks back forward on the soles of his feet. I think it's really good. And there's another moment in there as well, which is very ten, when he's talking about hopping for his life. I sort of thought, oh, that's... I couldn't imagine the Ninth Doctor doing that, but I, it's yeah, that, no. that's a very ten moment, I felt. No, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. Um, sorry, go on. No, no, I think I'm done. There's the comment as well where he passes comment on his hair and his sideburns. Um, I don't know which version of this you watched, but I found the sound to be very weird. The actual sound editing of the of the show. I, I found two versions, which I think one is the original broadcast one and one's a re-edit maybe off a DVD or something like that, where the sound's complete. But the, there was one at one... Uh, version of it which I watched where when he flicks the switch on the TARDIS and it starts going AWOL there's like no sound, there's no sound effects just David Tennant and Billy throw themselves around the TARDIS but then I found another version which has this additional sound Yeah, no, the version I watched had similar sound problems Yeah, It, It felt like 
it feels like there was a kind of sense. I mean, obviously, kind of every children need comic relief special is kind of made on a obviously kind of limited budget in the fact that they always just take place inside the TARDIS and with kind of the principal actors mm. and maybe a guest or two. But this one particularly felt like it had a bit of a rushed production, both because of the sound editing and also because it looks like they forgot to like put the TARDIS lighting on. Like the TARDIS is very yeah. brightly lit, which is... Like, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's been lit by big LED film lights rather than the actual um, set design lights. Yeah, like it feels like, um, you know, like when you... I mean, I don't know how much kind of um, theatre experience you've had, but like when you do, say, like a dress rehearsal without like running the tech, you just kind of have like the main studio lights on without yeah. kind of the specific lights it kind of feels like they shot this just like with very just the standard full house lighting yeah instead of like the proper tardis tech lighting yeah they, they, i don't know they filmed the they filmed the rehearsal by mistake and was just like oops <laughs> we've run out of film <laughs> i mean, that's bit, because like obviously the tardis is a set and because it was lit the way it was it kind of made me quite aware of those um limitations and i don't know why that would be the case i mean i kind of assumed that they would have filmed this kind of at the same time that they filmed Tens Regeneration, but obviously not, because if you compare the way Tens Regeneration scene from uh, The Passing of the Ways looks to this, it's like night and day. Yeah, I know. I think you're right there. I don't think they were filmed back to back. I think they were just... I think this must have been filmed around the time of they were filming Series 2. Mm. Because there's little clips on YouTube of David and Billy doing little phoning and give you money sort of appeals and they're stood in the TARDIS doorway and you, would, you wouldn't you would do that you wouldn't go okay so you've just filmed the introductions of this character do you mind just doing a short charity thing yeah you would sort of maybe leave it to see how it was received even though they knew they were going to have a second series but I don't feel like as a moral standpoint that's something that you, it's not something I would do anyway um we touched on it earlier, his regeneration's going wrong. I think it's quite nice to see a Doctor who is aware that his regeneration is going wrong. He says it's going wrong. Whereas yeah. when we see, like, Capaldi, he's just, like, just a nut for that first full episode. Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> it's, just, it's a real thing I'm a, a stickler for. I, I'm just... That whole thing of regeneration going wrong is a thing I do not like, because... I mean, I'll get into, maybe I should wait until the Christmas Invasion, or if I should talk about it now. Touch on it a little bit. When we get to the Christmas Invasion, I'm sure we can talk about it even more. In short, I feel like the transition from one actor to another is already quite a big thing for an audience to get on board with. So to throw a bunch of weird regeneration takes, such as like constantly falling asleep or like just being completely able on top of that, I feel just is really alienating. No, I agree. And I think even for fans, diehard fans like myself, I know when I watched that first Capaldi episode, I was like, uh, that was the first time I'd sat down going, I am going to watch this Doctor's first episode. When Smith's first series came on, I think I stopped watching it about halfway through. It just wasn't catching my interest. But this time I was like, okay, now I'm going to go on this adventure. I'm going to enjoy this. And I remember sort of thinking... Oh, I'm struggling with this because I know this isn't how he's going to be for the rest of the series. So why am I wasting my time with him like this now when I know in 50 minutes he's going to be completely different again? 
I mean, when I originally watched, what was it called? Deep, was it Deep, Deep Breath? Breath? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first, I watched the 50th, but other than the 50th, I hadn't been consistently watching Doctor Who since uh, Series 5. So that was me kind of being like, okay, I'm going to give the show another a shot. Maybe I'll get back into it. Yeah. But for me as an outsider, it just like threw so much on you. Like, not just Capali, but also um, what they're called. Like the, the Pythagorean. Um, yeah. And, and like those guys and like the reference to... Um, Matt Smith. Yeah. No, it wasn't a reference to Matt Smith. It was... Um, how like the enemies in that um story were referenced to the ones from oh um, uh, yeah from girl in the fireplace girl yeah like massive and then also there was the stuff of like missy being teased for me like that episode just like bombarded we've moved so much stuff it just completely pushed me away it was easier i would admit it was much easier to get on board with it when i watched it after watching all of massive's yeah. run but as yeah. an outsider in my view, a new doctor is a great opportunity to invite new people into the show. And Deep Breath did not do that. Will the yeah, Christmas I... Invasion be a good jumping on point? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I feel they did that well with Jodie as well. I think her first episode was a really good jumping on point for people as well. There was no... That first whole series, really, I know it gets criticised because it's individual stories and there's no returning monsters and blah, blah. But that whole series is completely designed to introduce new people to the show. You look at Christopher Eccleston's first series, there is one returning character from Classic Who, and it's the Daleks. They're the only ones. There's a glimpse at a Cyberman. And the the Autons as well, sorry, yeah. But that whole series is designed to introduce people to this new show. And to be honest, Mm. that new series, that first series of Whittaker, that's the whole purpose of that, is to introduce people to a new series. Yeah, and when you look at how um, Jodie acts in that first episode, yeah, she can't remember who she is, and yeah, she falls asleep at one point, but in between those bits, she acts pretty much how she always acts as the Doctor. Like, yeah. you get a good grasp of her Doctor's character in that episode. No, definitely, yeah. Um, so what we'll do, because it's quite, it's quite short, it's not really an episode, it's about seven minutes... And about three of those seven uh, flashbacks to Christopher Eccleston's episode. So I kind of feel like we've talked about everything we could talk about. So with that in mind, I thought I would bring back Harry's favourite topic. It's the quiz, Harry. You, you, not me. I hate being patient. Patience is for wimps. How are you going to ask quiz questions about, like... There's, like, literally, like, you're, 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 you... <laughs> okay, I'm interested to see what you're going to quiz me on. Okay, right, okay. So, question one. There's only three questions. Question one. When the doctor's regenerated, he's inspecting his body, and he finds a mole. Whereabouts on his body is the mole? Uh, it's shoulder blade, right? It's between his shoulder blades, correct. I will give you that one. How many times does the doctor say hop or hopping? I'm counting both. Did you count? I'm going to say seven. <gasps> oh, it's five. Ah! Uh. Last question. On what, what is the name of the estate that Rose Tyler lives on? 
<laughs> I do not know this one. Um, um, it's the uh, it's the la- la- London Estate. No, yeah. it's the Powell Estate, Harry. I I knew it. I would. I wasn't going to get that one. Oh, I had high hopes for that one. I hope so. That really? Which, you got one out of three. Well, considering you only get one out of three when we do a full 45-minute episode, I thought you might have done a bit better on a seven-minute episode. <laughs> I, I don't pay that much attention to, like, individual lines a lot of the time. It's, like, the whole picture. Cool. So, if what did you think of Born Again? Um, Even though it's not that it's important like, oh, to anything yeah. at all. It's weird. It's just, it's very weird. Um, I don't, like, there's nothing bad to say about it. There's just not a lot in, in it. Um, Is it needed? It, I don't think so. No, no, I feel like you could easily skip this. I'm, I'm glad it exists, because I know that if this didn't exist, there'd be, like, a comic or something that would be telling this story of the interaction between the Doctor and Rose, mm. and it probably wouldn't be... Um, Nothing against comic writers, but I feel like Russell T. Davis has, as kind of the creator of this incarnation of a doctor and is the creator of Rose, I'm glad he was the one who got to tell us how this interaction went down. Do you not think if they had done it as a comic that Adam Mitchell might have shown up at some point, as he tends to do through the Doctor Who comics? Well, if, if there had been Doctor Who comic, I feel like they would have had like a whole like wacky space adventure with like a new alien and like interplanetary travel before returning to London. Like I feel like they would have probably made it this whole big thing, you know, to fill a comic book issue. Yeah. But I feel like this interaction I mean I feel like in an ideal world, um, they would have set maybe made a shorter version of this and had that be the cold open to the Christmas invasion. Yeah. Maybe. What would you have done if you had to redo this episode? What would you have done? Because I think it's it's perfect how it is, but it's just not needed. So I suppose it is one of those things where it's quite hard to come up with a story when you don't need the story. Yeah, well, if, I, if, I were to re- if I were to redo this like little bit, I would have just had it be part of the bigger episode. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't have the um, TV writing know-how of Russell T. Davis to think how this would work. I mean... I get why it exists. Like, you know, this is a this is children need. This is a charity thing. This is to get people to tune in to a charity program, and then whilst they're there, consider giving to a good cause. Yeah. So you can't really knock it to distance. And it's since we're of, talking you know, about charity, and it is a charitable time of year, Harry kindly said it? at the start of this episode, he said he didn't want to bring it up on the show, but I'm going to embarrass him anyway. He said that the um, the money that we get from YouTube. And from the podcast, he's going to give his half for the first series and the second series all to charity. Yeah, all all zero of it. <laughs> so suck on that charity. They ain't nothing off Harry Murdoch. That, no, we we're not getting money off the podcast yet. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Maybe we'll set up a Patreon. I didn't even realise that I'd be getting a cut of any money made when it came to making money. I assumed that would be like all you, since you're the one who actually. Uh, I should have never mentioned it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) literally, like I just like go on and talk. Like maybe I'd like if legit money was being made. Maybe like, hey, can I get a little, little, little fee to pay for my 
next round of headshots, but like. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So. I just like come. To- Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I just come to you for like handouts and <laughs> guilty with the fact that you don't pay me for all this. Someone the other day asked me about the podcast and they said, I can't remember what they said, but I said it's basically I turn up and I ask Harry some questions and he goes off on a really nice detailed answer and I just go, yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we'll bring this one to an end. It's a little short. It's not even half an hour. My God, gravy. Um, So thanks for listening, guys. I just managed to get half an hour out of this. No, I am as well. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Um, We'll be back with series two uh, well we'll be back with the christmas invasion around christmas time and then series two so i'll say goodbye bye everybody harry do you want to say it bye 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 also stay tuned for series two because you get to hear harry's 10th doctor impression that'll be exciting yeah, I, I was literally just thinking but i didn't get a chance to introduce the 10th doctor yeah oh, can oh, i that's... introduce the next episode my bad 10th doctor voice you can <laughs> oh yeah so, bye everybody Don't forget to click below to subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.